0: Uh, it's not a virus thing or a negative thing. It's this positive growth. It's this positive pyramid. It's this, this positive exponential growth uh, that, you know, the next thing you know, your network's so large you can't even steward all these persons.
1: This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond
2: wouldn't you like to be a guest on black wall street today with blair durham well, well, well. the link is in the show notes and now here's your host blair durham Greetings,
1: greetings, Stay greetings. Locked in. good morning good morning and welcome to this edition of coffee connect with black brand i am blair durham uh co-president, I'm sorry, co-founder, president of Black Brand, our region's Black Chamber of Commerce, and we really created this series um, in an attempt to just be a bit more engaging, provide a weekly space uh, for networking and for engaging with dynamic leaders um, such as yourself. So it's all about uh, knowledge transfer, right, sharing the ideas and concepts that are helping us to be successful in business um, so so that we can grow. Uh, I am excited this morning that we have Mr. Claudel Clark with us. He brings nearly 20 years experience as both a player and a coach uh, for Norfolk State University, Behold the Green and Gold, and is invested in developing meaningful sports relationships with external and major corporations. Prior to joining the Hampton Roads Sports Commission, Clark was the director of Norfolk Fest Events, where he worked alongside a talented team of professionals to produce 13 premier festivals in downtown Norfolk with an annual attendance of more than 500,000 people. He's created and maintained sponsorship relationships with Fortune 500 companies and raised over $400,000 in corporate sponsorships in less than a two-year period. Clark also served 13 years as head coach of the NSU baseball program, where he presided over three of NSU's best seasons in recent memory uh, between 2015 and 2017. The 2017 season marked the sixth time in Clark's tenure that NSU reached the championship round of the MIAC tournament. Clark also helped create partnerships between NSU baseball and Tidewater area school systems through initiatives like Norfolk Public Schools Day at the NSU Tides uh, exhibition game and the Hit the Books reading program. Under Clark's leadership, NSU also began the Spartan Baseball Speaker Series networking event for its players and launched the first pitch Fundraiser to highlight the opening of the season. I'm excited. I'm going to glean from this conversation. <laughs> Welcome, Claudel. How are you?
0: Good morning to you, Claire. Uh, good Great good to be here. Um, we, we've both become very uh, experienced with Zoom, an uh, effective uh, form of communication, nonetheless. It's a blessing to be here. Indeed,
1: it is great to have you. It looks like all systems are a go on our share. Um, so I want to open it up just for a bit of dialogue uh, between you and I, with regard to your experience, and then certainly you can you can take over <laughs> as we kind of get those juices going. So I first like to hear um, just kind of how you got into this work. Um, I find it to be challenging and rewarding, the whole piece, building relationships, seeking sponsorships. And sometimes as I'm just kind of sharing with my spouse, the ins and outs of my day, you know, he's he's fascinated. And to see you kind of doing it at such a high level, I'm inspired. Would love to just hear kind of, you know, was this a trajectory that you knew you'd take or um, kind of how you got into, into these roles?
0: Well, Blair, it, it was really uh, accidental starting my career off at Norfolk State, uh, was, was was not the people person, uh, is one of the terms I used on this little presentation. Uh, certainly was not uh, you know, a person who wanted to ask or uh, seek out funds from others. Uh, was a people person only to I recruit from my ball team or to coach my players or motivate those guys. I wanted nothing to do with you know the external relationships, um, but I found very quickly uh, at Norfolk State, had a great program, but I found very quickly that these other institutions, you know, had additional resources, had additional equipment, had additional um, uh, things for their players, amenities for the, for the program. And then I knew then that I would need to uh, reach out to others, reach out to the external community, reach out to the parents. Um, expand my network, uh, which we'll talk about, uh, to bring in uh, resources and, and uh, equipment that we needed. So it really started out of necessity. And then it started with a $100 donation and, and a set of batting gloves uh, for my team. And then it grew to scoreboards, and it grew to field improvements, and it grew to other jobs, and, and it grew to national partnerships um, with uh, CEOs and, and presidents of companies, and, and uh, individual donors of, of, of all levels. So it just kind of grew out of necessity, and it and it grew out of this um, uh, demand uh, for me to change, just as if uh, just as the the virus has has made us uh, virtual and, and made us expand and made us create and it made us um, you know uh, change our uh, capabilities. So it, it was certainly out of demand, and then I grew a, a liking to it, and it has grown to this day, and uh, you know have have been very energetic to learn more about it. Mm.
1: Yeah, necessity, right? As the mother of invention. (laughs) Pretty cool story. So, I don't know. Take us through, you know. um, We have a cadre of nonprofit members, about 25 executive directors uh, that we work very closely with, very closely with through our Nonprofit Leadership Academy. And this is a sore spot, you know. um, Many have sort of decided that You know, instead of allowing their nonprofit to become a true community based organization that they could simply just fund, you know, the effort Um, because they may lack uh, the relationships, you know, or they may feel that they lack the skills to really um, ask, what are some of the tenets that you would say in terms of building the appropriate relationships first. Let's start there and then we'll get into kind of the ask.
0: Certainly, I, I think it's a matter of you first learning your story and then being the best at telling your story and not afraid to tell it. Uh, and then and then understanding how and, and where to tell that story. If, if that's social media, if that's your own networking connections, if that's family, if that's your religious circles, if that's your business circles or your own work circles, um, just learning how to you know, tell the story and communicate what it is that you're um, promoting and, and what you're selling and what your, your, your mission and your goals are. Because who, who better to tell your story than you? And don't be afraid to tell that story. Um, you know, defining where you want to tell that story. Um, is, is, again, is that your business community? Is that your work community? Is that your neighborhood community? Uh, and, and then also, you know, being the best at that. So just, just kind of defining what it is that you do, being the best at that. And, uh, you know, getting others to to believe in what it is that you're trying to do.
1: Yeah. And so it sounds like it it should come easy because it's your story. Right. right? But I hear you saying some growth, even in um, learning to tell that story. Well, like you said, being the best at it. I mean, what does that look like? Maybe you could just talk us through um, or give us some pointers on on crafting the story, telling the story?
0: Well, I think I think it's sometimes we worry so much about a fundraising conference that we've gone to. We, we worry so much about official training that we've gotten. We worry so much about uh, a sponsorship proposal that we might be learning from or uh, persons in our network or uh, an entity that we observe that we need to be like. Uh, so many times we need to be ourselves. Uh, we need to write that sponsorship letter or write that sponsorship proposal or make that ask or set up those meetings, uh, being ourselves uh, on where we want to set them up, telling the story we want to tell in in the mode or uh, way that we want to tell them. And and when you become yourself, uh, when you're not afraid to be bold and reach out to persons and then really tell that story by any way possible, uh, social media, um, you know, telling it by way of Zoom, um, you know, sending out correspondence, um, when, when you're able to do that, People can see that you're genuine, people can see that you're sincere, people can see that you're original and and they wanna to gravitate to that. If that's a fit, they will gravitate to that. So yes, take the professional development. Yes, uh, take your uh, tips and, and uh, strategies that you get through or, or programs like this and others, but be yourself and, and be bold and, and don't be afraid to use that training. and and. Molded into what it is that you want to deliver to get your message across to other uh, persons that you're trying to uh, fundraise from and, and connect with.
1: Mm-hmm. I like what you said because it highlights the fact that there's not necessarily, you know, one right way to get it done. You know, um, and in that authenticity, um, a lot of times that that new relationship can be birthed. Our question here from Cheryl. How do you find sponsors that are a good fit for you? Yeah, I love that question, right? Trying to find that that area where the brand promise kind of aligns with your mission, um, that can be a process. What would you say?
0: But you, you want to look at uh, maybe industry trends or, or similar trends. So organizations such as yours, who are they getting sponsored by? Um, Businesses such as yours, who are they, who are they partnering with, uh, events such as yours, who do they have at the bottom? So it's not just about simply piling on or simply stealing sponsors, but it's just giving you ideas. If, you, if your event is, is sponsored by the business community or um, other nonprofits uh, or you, you see individual foundations, you know, that gives you an idea on where to start if you don't already have an idea. Uh, so again, just trying to see, you know, how other businesses and how other causes and how other foundations are positioned that can give you a help uh, in, in starting what you're trying to do. Also, you you want to, by way of your networking, by way of your um, observation of these potential donors or sources, you want to see where their passion points are. You want to see what's a fit for them. So we kind of turn the question around on on the donor. We turn the question around on the foundation. You know, what are their fits? Uh, are they looking for uh, youth? Are they looking for business are they looking for uh, live events are they looking for music are they looking for um you know technology-based causes are they looking for um you know nonprofit causes what are they really looking for and if you tell your story as a fit to what they're looking for then your percentage chance for success certainly goes up if it's not a fit you can have the greatest story but it's just not a fit for their organization or their pot of money and they have to move to somebody else who does fit so don't be discouraged you, you want to do so much research to position yourself in the right lane uh, with persons who you know are, are amenable and, and have passion points for what you do, and your level of success will go up if you're looking in the right places.
1: Sure. All right. So Claudelle, um, man, I noticed that Cox. You know, they do a ton of sponsorship around initiatives that kind of look like mine. Um, but I don't have a I don't have a Cox relationship. <laughs> what? How do I get? through the gatekeeper to a decision maker, how do I start to affiliate and and be in places where Cox executives might hang out?
0: Well, uh, One of two things, Um, you know, we talk about Cox, but any organization, uh, you want to seek out these persons maybe on social media, uh, LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever you can see them interacting. You want to get in their way purposely. And you wanna get your calls or your activity or your show or your branding or your logo in front of these persons purposely, professionally. Uh, also, uh, it's a little bit more difficult now because things are virtual or in, or, um, by way of Zoom, uh, but you wanna be a part of what they do. So if they have a show like this or they have uh, opportunities where organizations can come in and interact with them uh, to ask questions and be visible in front of those persons, you want you wanna to try to break that ice or develop that network uh, any way possible with things such as that. Uh, from there, once they've seen what you do, you see what they do. You know, you're looking for ways to make that connection. So, can you can I, can you have that person on your show? Uh, can you have a meeting with that person and you be on that person's show? You know, how can you professionally get in that person's way? How can you professionally break that ice to have that conversation to talk about that partnership if it's a fit? And I think you go from there professionally and intentionally. Uh, I think it's a, a more of a natural and, and a Uh, non-synthetic meeting and connection and that person can certainly see from there where you're trying to go with this
1: Mm -hmm. sounds too like i need to have something of value that i can kind of offer them Mm -hmm. to help get that release
0: you talk in terms of deliverables and then in your inventory so do you have a show as inventory do you have digital signages inventory do you have Uh, speaker series as inventory? Do you have outreach programs as inventory? Uh, Do you have ways of uh, end user or a potential sponsor to get in front of your attendees or or data on your attendees to where that might be valuable to them? You know, what is it that you have to offer these donors? What is it that you have to offer these foundation managers? What is it that you have to offer these funders or uh, grant keepers or these organizations you're trying to get in front of? So, you know, with your strategic plan, with your, you said you're the uh, co-founder, you know, there's there's another person out there with your board, uh, with the persons who advise you, what are the deliverables, I don't care how hard it is to pull them out of thin air in some cases, what are the deliverables that you can create, what's your sponsorship proposal look like, so that a Cox or a, another major organization will see that your your ask is attractive and then allow you to get to the table to have further conversation. Because once you get in the door, we talked about being the best at telling your story. We talked about being sincere and being original. You know, if if you're that person and you get through the door and have that meeting, you will certainly make that sale. Um, You know, if if you can get that meeting set up. Yeah, just got
1: a note. One of our members is trying to get on, had some challenges with this. this platform and i know she needs to be here Um, take your time yeah no i'm just gonna see if i can
0: copy and paste this information you know why while you're typing oftentimes i've been there and done that you know we get fixated with a company so he says look i I gotta have verizon or i gotta have talks but there may be another player out there uh with equal or greater funds who who is willing to partner with you and and to back you up uh you know some of these companies get so much exposure and their uh, footprint is uh, spread so far uh they may not seek additional uh, partnerships but you have emerging companies that you always have to look for Uh, and it's happened many times that they're uh, new to the area, or new to the region, who's, who's looking to get their name out, who's looking to expand their footprint. And, and you can be that person's vehicle and that voice to do so. And then here it is that you are, you know, with, with this new player on the block, this new competitor, maybe to these organizations, uh, you know, kind of waving each other's flag.
1: So let me ask this, right? So I'm on LinkedIn, you know, are there specific, are there specific, um, titles that I should maybe be looking at when I'm trying to, are there specific departments within organizations that I should be trying to kind of build bridges with? Uh, what would you say?
0: Well, we talk in terms of uh, fundraising and, and development as communications, as relationships. So, you, so you're you looking for a community manager or a community development manager, a uh, VP of communications or marketing, persons who are going to be external in nature to these organizations. And, and those are the persons who uh, communicate that message and communicate what's a fit to them uh, or who I answer those questions. And those are the persons who are supposed to be looking for fits for those organizations or who, who can uh, partially or, or sometimes uh, totally make the decision uh, on, on who to partner with and, and who to Uh, extend or position the the, the organization's brand with.
1: Mm -hmm. So those are the ones who should respond to an email.
0: They should. (laughs) But maybe maybe email does not work. You you have other partners on LinkedIn. We have mutual connections uh, or or on Facebook and and these different other platforms. You know, maybe you have other persons who you don't even know who work right in the organization who can walk down the hall uh, you know, a, a uh, black brand. Uh, you know, the power that you ha- you all have. You know, leverage your network, leverage your board about persons who may be in that organization who, who have, may have friends within that organization who can set up that meeting just by walking down the hall or sending that email. Uh, we we get all get so many emails, uh, so that you know sometimes uh, a per- certain person's name in a subject matter or a subject line you know can could, could, could prompt a response. You know, even when and keep in mind you know the. the uh, workload on, on folks, or on people, professionals, you know, even even companies that you have a relationship with or persons in companies that you have a relationship, even it's hard for you and I to get through to them, even, and we have a relationship with those persons. So imagine uh, people who we don't know or who, who don't know your calls or don't know your organization, how tough that is. So it is tough to get the response. It is tough to get the interaction that you want, but you have to keep at it and strategically work. Uh, to leverage your network, which uh, we were talking about networking today, strategic really to work to, to leverage your network to get into those doors and to get those meetings set up uh, so that you can tell that story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good morning to those that that just joined. Uh, you may not have had the benefit of hearing about Claudel's extensive uh, experience and expertise with building relationships, uh, creating sponsorship. I mean, Just a few of the things here, you know, and then to work with fest events, building large, you know, mega events, 500,000 people in attendance, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for, for organizations. And so we've opened up a dialogue about how to, you know, what are the nuts and bolts, uh, recognizing that Claudel didn't start out doing this work, didn't intend to do this work uh, initially, but um, there was a need within within his organization, Norfolk State. Um, he saw other folks were doing it successfully, started asking some questions um, and has kind of organically grown this area in his own I guess professional uh capacity so that's the basis certainly if you have questions I see a, a couple of nonprofit leaders on here um if you have questions would love to would love to entertain those between now and then though Claudel um, talk about kind of growing the ask, right? I think about how when we get started, we're very comfortable. We can ask for $100, $500, $1,000, $2,500. You know, when it's time for us to make that leap, we've got the strategic plan in place, we've got the budget, we've got the capacity, is a $10,000 or $25,000 or even a $100,000 ask the same as the smaller ask? Um, or, or at what point do I need to start, you know, doing coffee or, you know, just talk through the mechanics of growing that?
0: Well, I, I think you roll out the uh, $25,000, 50000 100000 I, I think you roll out that care and treatment. Uh, maybe not those terms, maybe that not proposal, maybe not that ask or that number. But I think you rolled out that treatment day one and then let people know that they're equally as important whether they're a hundred dollar donor or a hundred thousand dollar donor. And then and uh, people who are listening, we've heard all this before, but you just have to remind yourself that um, you, you've you gone out and uh, researched the capacity of these persons and these organizations. So you, you have your list of people that you want to be next to. You have your list of people that you want to have coffee with. Uh, not much of a coffee drinker, but coffee's great. At, I, I take people to Starbucks, they get coffee, I get orange juice, but either way we're drinking. But
1: right.
0: um, <laughs> you, you're right. treating them, um, you know, like uh, that they're, they're that 50 or 100,000 off the bat because you just don't know their capabilities in some cases. In some cases you do, yeah. but you have to treat people genuinely. You have to treat everyone you come in contact with like they are, are that major donor and, and carry yourself around each and every relationship, which is time consuming. Uh, as if uh, they're, they're your most important donor because you don't know what they can grow to and you don't know who they can lead you to uh, once they see what it is that you do and how you uh, professionally carry on your work. Uh, I think to ultimately answer your question, um, it, it's it's about telling that story and then growing that relationship, finding ways and finding additional inventory and finding additional uh, strategies within what you do to grow the relationship. You know, can, can you grow your inventory and can in you grow your ass to that 25 or 50 or $100,000 level? Do you have a level that commands that? Mm. Uh, so, you know, as your relationship grows, are, are your deliverables and your inventory growing to that level? And then also, you know, how do you steward that relationship and then grow it to that point uh, over time? Understanding that it does take time. These things are not going to happen overnight um, normally. Uh, to grow a relationship to that side. So understanding the process and having the emotional intelligence, which we can talk more about, to uh, go through that and then grow that process and have patience with it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Question popped up here related to the pandemic. So a number of us have been, obviously, planning large-scale in-person events. Um, As we're transitioning, hopefully, out of the pandemic, what is the current... I guess kind of climate of funders um, with regard to events.
0: Well, certainly restricted. Um, you know, we, we do do all. We all have been affected by the pandemic and uh, the budgets of uh, various funders and donors and foundations. So that, that's no question. But I think we, we talk about this in sports. Sometimes I have to wear different hats. Uh, sports is some fundraising. We have to control what we can control. Uh, So we had to control the professionalism of the black brand. We had to control the professionalism of the Hampton Roads Chamber. We had to control the professionalism and the execution of our virtual events uh, with the hope and promise. uh, Now, as things begin to turn around with the virus uh, of what our in-person events will be and have patience uh, to get back to those in-person events or get back to doing what it is that we were doing before with with a modified uh, connotation to it. Uh, on, on how we will deliver, uh, you know, when things lift and, and hope that we've stewarded that uh, relationship and maintain a relationship with our, our partners, even though they might not even be giving at this point, you know, still maintaining that professionalism, still maintaining that uh, sincerity uh, so that when they get their budgets back and we get our in-person events back and, and our uh, pre-COVID flow back, you know, that they will, will, will want to come back on board with us and uh, even grow that relationship. Uh, again, that, that wasn't the answer maybe that you know a person's looking for but you know COVID you know just makes some of these things come to a screeching halt. What we can do though is take this time and and I've done it I know you've done it to expand our capabilities to expand our strategic plan to look within our house on on how we can be more attractive how we can be more creative uh, for when we do get in front of these funders when things do get back uh, to normal how can we be even more attractive how can we be even more efficient How can we be even more functional uh, so that persons would see us uh, as even more attractive to donate to?
1: Yeah. Okay. Follow-up question to that, Um, and then I want to segue to emotional intelligence. Um, Can we confidently plan for large events in 2024? Just what's your take on that? Look, I know nobody really knows, <laughs> but 2024, is it safe to start planning or?
0: You know, I think by 2024, uh, is if things continue to go the way they're going, uh, I think by then or even before 2024, you know, we, we can have large events with some kind of spacing, large events with masks, large events with testing, large events with um, other uh, precautions that the CDC or the state uh, brings into play. So, you know, we, we just don't know how these things will go. We don't know if we'll have setbacks. We don't know if we'll have longstanding or permanent restrictions uh, or, or variants to the virus. Who, know, who knows these, these things? But again, it's back to controlling what we can control and being the best at what we can control or best at what we do as things reopen. So if it's hybrid events at some point, then must be the best at that, have the best Zoom background, have the best streaming uh, platform, have the best set of inventories and deliver the best on those. Uh, and then, you know, as things reopen, you know, be the best at what we do there. That's easier said than done. But in a sense, we have the time to do that. You know, the, our, our schedules are not what they were uh, when things were live and we can meet in person. So now you have some time to kind of look within your organization to strategically plan, uh, enhance your deliverables, enhance what it is that you have to offer to these companies and donors and foundations so that you can be that much more cutting edge uh, when things open back up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, emotional intelligence. What's the interplay when we're talking about networking and fundraising? Um, what are the things that I kind of need to be tuned into as a leader um, as I'm building?
0: Well, thanks so many times. And again, again we, we want to be sensitive to the, to the topic, but we want to be real with it. You know, we, we have to understand the, the capability of our donors. We, we have to understand Um, who who is going to fund and who is not going to fund us. We have to understand how we position with these organizations that we want to get alongside. We have to understand their endpoints and their passion points and if they even align with ours. So uh, we have to understand the the timeliness uh, or the timeline that it may take to grow these relationships or even establish relationships. So when when I say emotional intelligence, you know you've you've made this connection with the major company you want or you have this person on your show or you have this person in your in-person meeting but understand that you know there, there's more layers to it than before i just get the check or before i get the fifty thousand dollars and understand that this is this, this long process and comprehensive process to so this the stewardship uh, that it may take to get just a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars you know having the emotional intelligence too and the patience and the staying power to you know, go through that process and to allow that relationship to mature uh, and, and in the many various uh, ways that it takes it to do so. Uh, to ultimately get what it is that you're trying to get for your organization. So when I say emotional intelligence, you know, just just have the staying power, just have the strategy, just have the creativity, just have the subject matter experts around you, the collaboration around you to really attack these relationships uh, and, and do it in a way to where you don't ruin the relationships or in the relationship. Do it professionally so that you can ultimately get what it is you're trying to get and you, your goal in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Questions from you all, uh, Naomi, I see art resident auctioneers on here, uh, Rita, Megan, any questions? Cheryl stays with a bag of questions. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, talk about some of the challenges that you have met with um as you've been looking to build talk about some of the maybe some of the rejection that you've experienced and how you maybe overcame that to build uh, a relationship because i know we don't get yeses right out of the gate i mean like you said you know there's this a process we might start out with several no's and then get to a yes from a major corporation maybe talk through some of that certainly
0: certainly you know it's it's personal even if it's this a foundational story, or it's a personal story that you're you're trying to promote, or if you're just fundraising for your organization, or you're that, excuse me, you're that organization's, uh, you know, a fundraising person. But you know, it is personal to you because you're telling the story. You're you're taking time to put together sponsorship proposals and set up meetings and send out correspondence, have uh, live visits or virtual visits nowadays of these persons to your property or have them come into what you do. So it is personal, it is a lot of work, but understand it's, it's in some cases just business to them uh, at, the, at the onset and they're, they're just looking for fits for their organization. So yes, you have to put out the sincere and personalized and tried and true ask, but understand that it may just be an easy no to them because they're out of funds or they're partnering with other people or it's not a fit. You know, what we have to continue to do is not take that personal. We have to continue to do is is, is uh, overcome adversity uh you know to, from these no's or from this rejection or or from something not being a fit and, and work harder to position yourself with persons who are a fit work harder as i said before to leverage your network to have persons in your network set up meetings for you that can be productive and that can be not such a cold call and that can be a little bit more leveraged in nature because you know you have somebody who knows this person making this mutual connection. So again, continuously strategizing on how to be better. You know, you know never uh, falling back on uh, my proposal didn't get uh, accepted or I didn't meet budget last year. Even though these things are hard, even these things are adverse. You know, how can I continuously be better? How can I continuously be the best at my offering? Don't worry about other people's offering. Take um, advice and take, Uh, partnership and and take uh, components from other people and and, and things that you learn from, but how can I be the best in my delivery and my offering and my deliverables, you know, to ultimately, you know, get that ask and, and, you know, continue to ask across that uh, uh, field and and, and industry. So I'll find somebody who does want to partner with me and maybe not the person that you sought out, but it may be another company, even larger a person who takes a liking to what you do. And that person can even be a sounding board for you to, to attract other persons, which, which we can certainly talk about that too.
1: Yeah, okay, so let's drill down. <laughs> My head is spinning, right? Cause I'm okay. in this world day in and day out, but um, I really would love it if we talked about kind of getting that first appointment, that major, you know, what, what strategy are you employing when, you know, we need to sit down with this decision maker. So we're prepared for the meeting. Now, how do we get this meeting?
0: Well, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, um, finding out how they're reaching out, finding out how they're interacting, finding out finding out their appetite uh, for taking in new partners uh oftentimes we we call these persons sponsors or whatever but you know let's talk in terms of partnership sure Uh, but you know how are they? again how are they going about interacting are they are they doing leadership series are they looking for speakers are they looking for uh persons to present to their organizations are they are they looking actively looking to get out and sponsor things are they not sponsoring things so just just Mm -hmm. it's almost like a job interview you know you're looking at the traits and you're looking at the Uh, signals and signs that these companies are giving off and and looking at their footprint and what they're doing and studying their every move uh, along with uh, trying to find out you the persons that you may have who are partnered with this organization or who are within this organization and combining those two to try to get that uh, meeting with the person who you need to get in front of and even if it's a meeting with a separate department. Uh, of a person in this corporation who, who you get a meeting with, you know, developing that relationship to get over to the marketing or get over to the communications or corporate sponsorship department. You know, you, you need to do whatever it takes. So having that staying power and emotional intelligence and just stubbornness in some cases, uh, persistence in some cases, you know, to kind of push through until you get that person. And sometimes that's taken years. And admittedly, sometimes that's taken years uh, with, with no result. Uh, but you know, trusting that process with the relationships that you decide to uh, pursue, you know, it, it certainly will work in the end if that person is a fit and if they have uh, monies to give.
1: Yeah. I was wondering if this is something that you would recommend doing. So, um, I can remember making an ass. We were, it was a fundraising campaign for a grant program that we put together. And ultimately, you um, You know, we started with the program before we'd reached the fundraising goal. And what we did was we continued to notify funders, potential funders, of the results that we were having after the program began. And it was so interesting that we had three three of those funders who hadn't really said no, but hadn't given us a yes. To ultimately come on board, you know, they were pleased, as you mentioned, with the level of professionalism with which we were implementing the program. They were pleased with the results that we were bringing, you know, as far as the number of people who had signed on to kind of um, learn about the grant program, etc. And they ended up, you know, in the 2020 coming on board. Um, I don't know. I just I wonder, from your vantage point communicating with potential funders without the meeting in indirect ways. What are some of your kind of strategies there? How do I share the impact that I'm having? What are some of the best practices um, to gain their attention?
0: Well, good, good. I think, you know, to the first part of your statement, you know, having, sometimes having the proposal or having the results or having that portfolio, which, which you had in front of you, that was already being executed. That was already a plan in motion uh, with maybe some sponsors, with some partners. And then with this action plan, you know, that's also a lot of times very attractive to sponsors because you're doing your homework already you know you're moving in the right direction already You know, you have your content you have your plan that you're executing and it makes it that much more easy for them to get on board you know sometimes and i've had to do it both ways you know we've had to kind of create these uh, deliverables out of thin air and sell people on a dream uh, and, and that's what it is sell people on a vision uh, even better word uh, and, and and persons will you know, oftentimes take hold of that, but you, you had your vision. Because if
1: we're honest, you, that's all we have at first, right? right? right. That's a all we have.
0: <laughs> so you, you're you're you a venture venture capitalist of sorts.
1: Yes, yes. If you come to this table, this is what we'd like to produce. You know, um, it's a good
0: point you raised. So you, you know, you have you have funders who will believe in that. You have um, person venture capitalists and and persons who you know who, who want to believe in that vision. And if you sell it enough, and you're visionary enough, and you know, you have your strategic plan in place and then they feel that strong enough, then they will get on board with that. Again, it's nothing better to have a video of the event you already had. Uh, results and statistics and, and analytics uh, of and feedback of what you've already had. Uh, so persons can get on because they're trying to understand how many people they're gonna get in front of. They're trying to understand, you know, where is this going and where is this gonna be displayed? They're, they're trying to understand, you know, your footprint. And, and who you affect and, and how you're positioned in the community. Oftentimes we, we think in terms of, you know, they, they should sponsor me and I have a great brand and I have a great logo, but who you're positioned with? You know, maybe you're positioned with the right people. Maybe you're positioned in the wrong areas. Uh, maybe you have persons on your board who, who are the right people. Maybe you have persons on your board who are not the right people. Maybe they have other competitive sponsors or sponsors uh, who are a part of your organization. You know, who, who they may not wanna be positioned with. So you have to really do an internal look at, at everything that you do uh, to make sure a major organization who has all kinds of uh, constraints and all kinds of regulations and all kinds of uh, public uh, restrictions possibly or, or public cautionary measures you know, can they be positioned with you? Can they be seen in public with you? Can they be seen uh, all over social media with you? And the answer may be no in some cases, and we don't even understand why. It's something we just need to clean up and reposition.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's major. Two questions here. Um, In the virtual space, how should nonprofits adjust their thinking in terms of exposure and deliverables for sponsors? What are sponsors looking for? I guess, ostensibly, what are they looking for now?
0: Well, they, they understand, uh, and they're going through the same thing. They understand that there's only so much reach you can have virtually or digitally or by way of Zoom. Um, but they, they do want as much creativity as possible. Uh, so they, they understand that they've had to go through Zoom also. They've had, to under, they've had to have their leadership series, their speaker series, their meetings virtually. But, you know, how creative is just your backdrop? How creative are your guests? You know, how, how compelling is your show? How are you positioned on social media? How are your posts made out of? made out you know how are you engaging the sponsors that you do have is there a sponsor at the beginning at the beginning or end of your show are you even mentioning your sponsors uh, do you have a sponsor in your backdrop uh you know these, these are minor things and there's a million more things we can talk about but but, you mean, know, how are you
1: <laughs>
0: how, how are you positioning the existing really right? sponsors that you that you do have um, you know, and, and how are you working with the funds and, and resources that you do have? I mean, how are you positioned on LinkedIn? How are you positioned on social media? And uh, are you leveraging the sponsors that you do have? So for instance, if, uh, you have a sponsor, you know, are, are you leveraging their social media reach, which may be much larger than yours? Are you, uh, le- leveraging their video capability, which could get you out in front of more people or, or enhance you digitally, you know, so again, looking for, for the little bit in some cases that we do have to leverage that to uh, you know, make sure we're making the most of that partnership outside of just taking a check from them. Many times we make a mistake in uh, $2,500 or $10,000 or $50,000 even, uh, but that company or, or partner may have resources much more valuable than cash to you. Uh, so you use those resources and, and look in those relationships, uh, could that person help you with marketing Did that person help you with video? Could they help you with your own sponsorship proposals? Did they help you with networking? You know, are there other persons that they know who can be valuable to you? And so many times we overlook that and that's not their job to give you additional resources or additional networks. So it stops there, it stops with $2,500. It's not just about growing 2,500 to 5,000. You know, how can you expand your network through these persons? If you find a director of marketing at a one major company, even though your goal was to get ten, you know, how many directors of marketing do they know? If you find me, you want a baseball coach. Well, you got one baseball coach, but how many baseball coaches do I know? We, we, we don't sometimes we stop our mentality at stop. We work so hard to get to that ask and get that check and get the check and then go on vacation. But you know, there's more to these persons than just a check and and, and what it is they have to offer. So each person, if that's 10 or 110, we, we have to vet and, and look to exponentially grow our network versus uh by way of each person that we have in that network. And, and when you when you do that, uh it's not a virus thing or a negative thing, it's this positive growth, it's this positive pyramid. It's just this, this positive exponential growth uh, that, you know, next thing you know, your network's so large, you can't even steward all these persons because, you know, mm-hmm. people just know so many good people problem, nowadays.
1: Right? <laughs> That's a good problem to have, but that right, is another right, right. challenge. And I'll ask you about that. Uh, I wanted to share this example that kind of speaks to what you just shared. Um, So one of our sponsors for our big annual conference, because last year, budget constraints, they were not gonna be able to make a financial sponsorship. Uh, This is Old Dominion um, Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. What they did instead was, and this was infinitely more valuable, was they built out one tier of our programming and bought all of those speakers. But not only that, they connected us to the director of their online Uh, programs that in turn provided all of the licensing to make our multi-tier conference happen I mean the value there was just I mean it was unbelievable you know Um, so just a testament to the fact that you know if you focus on building a relationship and you know there's so much more you can gain sometimes than the dollar so I wanted to ask you this, with regard to something you just said um, about about growing the network and then stewarding the relationships. How much time do you spend each week on building new, finding new, and building new versus um, kind of uh, nurturing existing? Is, would you say there's a, a, a ratio, a formula there? Um, for someone that has to be kind of in both lanes,
0: certainly it's a you know a, a balance, a give and take, uh, and, and certainly on a director level or VP level or president or CEO level or any level, you know, it's, it's certainly this this um, time management uh, strategy that you do have to lay out because it's it's one thing to get new networks and. and get new meetings set up and get new partnerships set up, but not be able to steward those things. So, so I think it's going back and being realistic about your network, your staff, your capabilities, your time constraints, your workload. And then if that's one new uh, relationship per week, one new relationship per month, uh, one new relationship per year, you know, only taking on what you can effectively steward and effectively maintain. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough job. Uh, to, you know, text and call and Zoom and stay connected with all these different persons. Uh, but there, there are ways to do that. So, you know, if, if you, Blair, have, you know, a thousand relationships or 500 relationships or whatever that may be, and, and we certainly can't reach out to all those persons in a month or a quarter or a year, you know, can they all be a part of this show? or can they be on a a mailing list or can they be uh, interacted with virtually or is there some way that you can touch these persons continuously to let them know, you know, we're thinking about you and we're supporting you and we're engaged with you and we're trying to deliver for you. You know, it it certainly still can can be done, um, but it is certainly a time consuming process. You know, you you need great note taking, great uh, time management, great. you know, recording skills are just a great memory, uh, some, sometimes some of both, but you know, you do have to make touch points with these persons and let them know you still do care, set up meetings with them, set up Zooms with them uh, to stay connected and let them know what it is that you're doing and stay current uh, so that they can kind of tell your story and be a part of your story. Yeah. But absolutely to answer the question and not dance around it, you know, there's some hardcore time management that needs to happen in a hardcore schedule to maintain your daily responsibilities and to uh, maintain these relationships moving forward.
1: Yeah, okay. What else? Got about 13 minutes, 12 okay. minutes. <laughs> I'm gonna check over on the other platform and see if there are any questions that are populated there.
0: Um, well, I, I think that you, um, you know, your, your network uh, is, is part of your capabilities. So I think as long as your network is expanding and you're leveraging your network, your capabilities uh, theoretically will, will always continue. I, I think when you stop networking, when You become kind of landlocked, either by way of your organization or by way of your outreach. I think your capabilities may stop. You think in terms of your personal um, circle, you know, do you need somebody for home repair? Do you need somebody for car repair? Do you need somebody for lessons of some kind of professional area for your kids? Uh, Do you need uh, investment advice? Uh, You know, is there somebody or even yourself uh, in need of a job? You know, these, these, these relationships can certainly be leveraged, but you know, if, if that's a hundred people, then, you know, you have a hundred chances to get these things done. If that's 10 people, then, you know, the uh, way that you can get these things done is, is, is a little bit less. So, you know, continuously expand your network uh, so that your capabilities can continue to expand and you, you can, uh, you know, continuously expand your capabilities. Oftentimes people will say, well, you know, th- this is my personal time, or this is my weekend, or, you know, I'm." I'm on leave for the next month and that's great and have your personal time but you know you know can can you have lunch with those persons Can you have dinner with those persons can you zoom with those persons can you you know have a personal relationship with them that one day can be a business relationship networkers leaders of organizations you know i i don't know how much time you can actually take off yes we have to have balance yes we have to have a stress relief and time away from our phones but I, i think at all times you know, even in a positive way, you're thinking about relationships, you're thinking about positioning yourself, you're thinking about, you know, how you look uh, to your public network. And I think if you do that, uh, you know, you will continuously be attractive and you'll be continuously be cutting edge to the persons who, you know, have, a, have an affiliation to you.
1: That's powerful. <laughs> I I think another
0: thing that you ask, uh, you know, you say, what else is there? So networking, I have some networking on this side, some fundraising on this side. Something we talked about at Norfolk Fest events at all times, over deliver when possible. You know, you, you may say, hey, look, you have one table at the dinner. You have one chance on the show. You have... Two tickets to the fundraiser. Um, you know, can can it be three? Can can it be right? Spouse? Can it be 12? <laughs> you, know, you know, can 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 you be on the show two times? Uh, can we uh, display your logo four times instead of two times in the background? You know, can we allow your com- president or CEO to introduce the show? You know, always be thinking of ways. Never stop thinking of ways that you can impress these people. This is not about you and your deliverables. It's about them and their funding source. It's about them and and that relationship. It's not about you or you want to take off or your event's over or I'm tired of delivering. It's it's all about them because the competition is so great. Um, You know, we, we, we may think, okay, it's just my sponsorship ask. They get thousands of asks, especially these major companies, per year or per month. Uh, so you know what? What is it? You know, I ask my baseball players this. I still do some baseball training. You know, what makes you attractive to the coach? to make you want to be that number one starter? I can use this because the analogy is the same. You know, what makes your proposal or makes your organization be number one to be funded first? What makes you important enough to Cox that right for them to write you a check? It's a national company. Why would they even give you a check? Why? Wow, right. You know. So. The thing of it is you have to over deliver and over position yourself over not being a bad word in that term. You have to be so well positioned, and so well delivered and so well, so attractive. Another term we use uh, so that persons will notice you off the page. We wouldn't hire somebody uh, if they didn't have attractive uh, experience. You wouldn't have me on the show if I hadn't raised $50. You know what I'm saying? So, so why, why fund you? Uh, and, and we had to continuously ask that question uh, so that we can position ourselves. So people will want to fund us and increase their funding.
1: Yeah, yeah, so true. I was thinking about how, um, you know, sometimes building that personal relationship inside the business relationship um, is a way that you can deliver more, right? And so I remember one particular um, funding relationship, you know, this person gave me their self, you know, so I'm thinking, all right, I'm a texter, Facebook messenger, you know, I'm a communicator. So as we were making updates to the project, as there were more things that I could share, I started sending those things via text. And then I just kind of asked, like, you know, how do, do you like these texts? And they, I mean, they were so excited to be able to see in real time the project progress, you know, that it just, it seemed like it, you know, it, it perpetually invigorated the relationship, you know, um, and it was a way that I was adding value without even, you know, without even really thinking about it. Um, so I'm just with you that um, the more that we can do, the stronger, the better for, for whatever our effort is. Um, so huge. Yeah, I think we, have, we do have to be in the relationship business. You know, a lot of times we can be, some of us like working alone and just very comfortable in our box, you know, but this is about Really getting getting beyond that, would you say?
0: No, I, I certainly would, and um, you know, you brought up a good point of it in your box. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not about you. You you have to be a relentless. I, I often take it back to sports. And, and the best coaches, we think, in terms of college football or basketball. These, these coaches, yes, they're great at X and O's, but they're relentless recruiters. And, and, and this is the very same thing. I At Norfolk State, I had to recruit for baseball and run the baseball program, and I had to recruit corporate sponsors. And it just worked so hand So the problem was I, I didn't have a clone or a twin brother. Right. Uh, but but the, the beautiful, beautiful part of it was it was the same thing. It's calling, it's following up, it's sending a letter, it's making it, at that time an in-person visit. It's bringing them on campus, it's showing them the facility, it's showing them your vision and, and vision. So it's, it's literally doing that in the morning for sponsors, doing that in the afternoon. It was the exact same. And then the beautiful part of it was you're still selling Norfolk State University. So it was the same sell uh, in, in just different ways. But, you know, just, just being bold being out of your comfort zone, being out of what it is you want to do, and then taking chances and taking opportunities. Um, you know, this this is kind of what we do nowadays. When I was starting off, you know, you had other uh, responsibilities to coach or do things. So my time was limited, but I would never turn down an opportunity to be in front of seven people or 70 people or 170 people uh, just to let them know about our story. I, I'd take anything. Uh, just to let them know, and you hear this in, in uh, religious leaders, you hear this in politicians, you hear this in business leaders, you hear this in visionaries, they'd get in front of anybody they can tell their story in front of, uh, so that because one day they knew that, that that network would expand and that vision would expand and they would be in front of the number of people they wanted to be in front of. Uh, I think so many times people say, well, this this coffee talk is not worth it or this uh, event is not worth my time or this uh, presentation i got to make this long powerpoint in in front of my busy schedule is not worth my time but you don't know who you will meet you don't know who you'll be in front of you don't know who will take a notice to you so so in our business Nobody forced us to be in this business. In our business, we have to take opportunities. We have to get up early and we have to stay up late to get our brand out, get our vision out, get our vision, our mission out and our story out to as many people as possible. You do not know who is listening. All I see is participants down here. I don't know who's listening. So I had to be as professional as possible and tell our chamber story, tell our sports commission story because I, I don't know who, who, you know, where this will go and who will see this. And you have to have that mentality at all times in our business, never a mentality of necessarily I'm off or I don't wanna do this or I'm too tired or I'm too busy. You had to keep telling that story and keep pushing that network or keep pushing the limitations of that network.
1: Yeah. And as unfortunate as the pandemic has been, oh my goodness, my network has grown exponentially by virtue of the meetings that I likely, otherwise would not have been able to attend, you know? Um, I feel like we're in a place where we can really take advantage of uh, new opportunities to connect, you know? Are you are you having a similar experience in the virtual space?
0: It's certainly been easier to have multiple meetings over the course of a day. You know, in the past, you might have one or two in-person meetings uh, over the course of a day and then have your normal workload. But you might have three or four, which is not always necessarily healthy with know, fatigue and all this.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but, you know, you, you know, you wouldn't probably you probably wouldn't have five lunch meetings in one week. Uh, and in some cases you probably would. But, you know, at, at times now with Zoom and, and the, the virtual space, you, you can connect with a lot more people. So, again, that's that's us using this as, as a benefit or using this to our advantage. You know, I I found that, uh, you know, I've had some more time um, not with as many in-person events or not with as much of a workload in some other cases to kind of more look within. And I keep talking about that you know, what is my strategic plan? Or if you have this great strategic plan, you know, are you executing that? Or do you even know what all those things mean from this consultant who developed that strategic plan? For
1: right, you? if it wasn't your plan, right. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. so, you know, just just really taking the time to kind of learn within your organization and learn who you are better tell that story and just sit down if it's a napkin or a white piece of paper or, or these large post-its and, and sit down and, you know, who I am, you know, why would somebody want to give me $1 Why would somebody want to connect with me and what creative ways am i keeping up with the industry to promote the message that i have you know if if all the other nonprofits are on video on linkedin having virtual hybrid events and having speakers and if i'm not doing that i'm behind the eight ball you know so how do i stay cutting edge how do i take advantage of this time you know i keep thinking in terms of an investor i do this in my own house and i do this uh you know with the chamber you know how can i take advantage of this time uh, both to be better and then, you know, what trend uh, or what emerging trend do I need to be a part of to position myself for this time during COVID or after COVID? And you had to continuously ask yourself that and collaborate with others to, uh, you know, help you to achieve that.
1: Yeah, I think any of the nuggets you share could have been kind of concluding comments because <laughs> they're all super powerful. We got about two minutes. Is there anything you want to say just... Um, by way of encouragement or inspiration or information um, in closing.
0: Well, I'll end with this. Um, I I use the word human, uh, but humans are intrinsically programmed to give. Um, both as individuals, as funders, as foundation leaders, and even corporate leaders, even though sometimes we see them as not, I think their hands are tied by their corporate constraints or their budget or whatever it is. But remember, humans are in, in, inclined to give. We, wanna give. we wanna give to the Girl Scouts going into Walmart, you know, as, as we go through the door, we wanna do that. Maybe we can't give it or we've already bought those cookies. But just remember, human beings wanna give. Uh, We got to tell our story to fit to what they want to give to, and then understand to be persistent to where we continuously talk to where they have the funds to give. We will eventually get get those if we're kind of in their in their wheelhouse or in their fit uh, for us to be given to. So you know, keep up the fight, uh, keep giving uh, or keep asking for that give, and uh, you know, understand that these things will come when you're positioned correctly and when the timing is right.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Claudel. This has been phenomenal. So excited I captured this uh, via recording and we'll definitely be sharing it out to other platforms. See, I also want to remind you about our upcoming real estate conference. It's HR Realcon 21, our fifth annual real estate readiness event. We are so excited. We've expanded the event to comprise two days this year. So I will kick off on a Friday evening, April 30th, with a segment from Danita Hayes of Victory Allegiance Realty and Wall Street Cafe. She's also the founder of a new movement, Women Flip Houses 2. She's one of the most successful real estate brokers in the Hampton Roads region. Uh, this new movement is all about, of course, empowering Empowering women with the tools and information that they need in order to achieve success in real estate. We'll also have on Friday evening a piece on wholesaling for dummies in this segment is hosted by none other than Seiko Varner, the founder and CEO of Positive Vibes Incorporated. He'll be bringing some other wholesalers to the table, talking through certain aspects of private money uh, lending. He's one of the most recognizable faces in Hampton Roads easily. And so I certainly wanna invite you to participate in the Friday session as well as the Saturday session. So Saturday morning, come back for a Mini first time home buyers course sponsored by Virginia Housing Community Development Corporation and James Taylor. During this mini course, we'll learn about available grants to lower closing costs. We'll talk about how to shop for a realtor and we'll look at what the market is doing now. We also have a buy the block segment with Clarence Harris, a building a successful real estate business with Kit Lockett, another segment with Seiko Varner focused on again, the private money lending piece. And we'll conclude with a real estate roundtable. We'll bring all the professionals together uh, and get some closing thoughts, no pun intended, final tips it'll be a brief discussion on how to get started in real estate right now. This event is also free and open to the public. This event is also virtual and accessible from wherever you are. And this event can be uh, registered for by visiting our website. Blackbrand.biz, B L A C K B R A N D dot B I Z.
2: Hey, this is Seiko, DJ Seiko Varner, but I'm also known as your favorite private money broker. In other words, I put money in the hands of real estate investors. Hey, you definitely want to check out HR RealCon 2021 and make sure you check out my workshops. My workshops are going to be the bomb. Trust me, wholesaling for dummies. On Friday and on Saturday, whoo! Private money and private funds. So make sure you go to HR Realcon. Again, a free event. You can register.
1: Blackbrand dot <laughs>
2: Stay locked in. This show is brought to you by the consulting services of Positive Vibes Incorporated. We do credit fixes. We do debt restructuring and we put money in the pockets of real estate investors. So give us a call. We can fix your credit. We can restructure your debt. And if you're a real estate investor, I would love to put thousands of dollars into your pockets. 757-932-0177. That's 757-932-0177. Phenomenal.
1: Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram, and then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week.
2: I have said and I will continue to say that the most important